Hello, everybody. Welcome to this uh, one year anniversary of uh, Monday Night Live. I'm Derek Arden, and I'm so pleased that so many people have joined me live, so many people joining on YouTube and the uh, Negotiators podcast. Um, exactly a year ago tomorrow, I had the idea that I could uh, put on a live chat show, see how many people came to it, and I just decided to go for it, whatever happened. And uh, 12 people joined me, and some are still with me tonight, and tonight we have 58 people registered. We've had some great fun, and I've got some of the best speakers that spoke over the year with, with us today. And in fact, if I was putting on a convention, I could not put on a convention around the world with these speakers. I particularly couldn't put it on as I've negotiated them spending two minutes with us and giving us their, their best tips free of charge. But if you don't ask, you don't get, and that's how we negotiate. So we're gonna start our first two minutes with Ali the physio. We met Ali before, she's given us some great exercises. She's just come from her uh, sports clinic. And uh, Ali, if you're there, can you, uh, can you give us the first exercises, please? Well, hello, everybody, and congratulations, Derek, on one year. That's amazing. As you can probably see, I'm actually out in the countryside walking the dog because my day hasn't quite worked out as it was supposed to. So there's my first tip. Take lots of exercise in the fresh air and you'll feel so much better. That's number one. And number two is, but well, it was one tip, wasn't it? All the same one. You have to, um, every 30 to 40 minutes, remember to take a deep breath, watch your posture, sit up straight, and you'll feel so much better and you'll be able to concentrate better. So it's really worth it. So remember, take some exercise every day, watch your posture when you're at your desk or wherever you are and take some deep breaths. And there we go. That's less than two minutes. That's really clever how you're doing that and your posture is really good. I was, I was really worried it wouldn't work, but hey-ho, here we are out in the beautiful blue, Surrey countryside. The blue sky <laughs> looks uh, absolutely fantastic now. There. So uh, great stuff. Stay on if you can. We'll uh, we'll enjoy. We'll come back to you later if you're if you're still around. Uh, I may not be there, but I'll see. <laughs> Thanks. Graham Bye. Jones will ex be expecting me to go to him next. So let's go there over to uh, Graham, the internet psychologist. Graham, <laughs> how did I expect that? I don't know. Um, I'm amazed actually that uh, Steve Head has joined us tonight because uh, he's using technology. And uh, I've sat next to Steve where his technology is broken just by merely the fact of him sitting next to it. That's true, Steve, isn't it? That, that's happened in the past. Uh, <laughs> so one of my tip is that technology, you can no longer, none of us can no longer have the excuse of, oh, I don't know how to set it up. I can't quite work it. The settings are wrong. Our future depends upon us getting to grips with technology. If we don't get to grips with technology, I'm afraid that certainly your business is going to suffer. So we really need to get to grips with it. It's a bit like in the past saying, I can't use a pen. If you couldn't use a pen and paper, you weren't going to get on. Now you've got to be able to use technology. Thanks, Graham. Um, that's the tip from the internet psychologist, Graham Jones. I'm going to go to Steve Head. Steve, you might want to reply to that if you can unmute yourself. And then I'll go to Tracy Hooper in Portland. Yeah, um, I've got a pen. Uh, so still use them, still use them, Graham, but thanks for your advice. And I do agree with you. I have to say I now have my laptop on every day and I did buy a new one when all this kicked off. So you'd be, you'd be pleased. And I got a camera and a mic and all the gear. Well, that's all I got, actually. Um, my advice uh, is based upon wheelchair rugby league. Uh, one of the things I do is coach the wheelchair squad this year is rugby league. Yeah. So there's going to be the World Cup final for the men, the women and the wheelchair uh, at the exact same time in the same place in Liverpool. So very excited about the look towards that. 
there is one mantra. We've kind of adapted it from uh, the Olympic squad, the rowing team from 2000. And my tip would be, will it make the boat go faster? That is our, that is our mantra for wheelchair rugby this year. We don't do anything in the squad if it doesn't contribute to us winning the World Cup. So if it makes us fitter, faster, stronger, more focused, that's what we do. So sadly, Graham, I've got a slightly opposite um, technology tip <clears throat> based on my boat going faster. My boat going faster relies upon me being fit and healthy, being a good dad, being you know good at my job. Uh, so I decided a few months ago, I'd switch off all notifications off. Uh, I don't really use social media very well anyway. It's the best thing I ever did. So I, I made a decision, if my boat's gonna go faster, I'll decide to look at my phone rather than somebody deciding that I should look at my phone. So I don't have anything buzzing me or annoying me. I just pick it up when I'm ready and I pay attention to things that are important to me. So my advice would be do stuff that makes your boat go faster and choose whatever that might be for you. And for me, it was removing interference. That's a great mantra, Steve. And the wheelchair, wheelchair that's the England team or the uh, Great Britain team, is it? It's England. It's England Wheelchair Rugby League World Cup. And, and for the first time ever, all of the matches are in the same place at the same time. Starts November the 11th. We're building up the squad until then. And then it's World Cup final 26th in Liverpool and the men's final, women's final, wheelchair rugby league final uh, will all be at the same time in the same place, which has never happened before for a major sport. So, okay, big congratulations on you, Steve, for giving up your valuable time for that. Uh, you, you always make a difference. Thanks for doing that. Uh, Tracy, Tracy Hooper in Portland, Oregon. Good day, everyone. It is morning here in the Northwest. I have uh, two little known facts about confidence. My work is called The Confidence Project. Two little known facts. Number one, confidence is an equal opportunity endeavor. It doesn't matter what has happened or has come before in your life. It's an equal opportunity endeavor. And that leads me to number two, and that is that confidence can be learned. There is a part of confidence that's that's in our genes, that's a part of the personality we were born with, but the rest of it comes from taking action. Take action, make mistakes, adjust, refine, and repeat over and over and over again. And when you practice, it doesn't make perfect, it makes progress. And as Patricia Fripp says, practice makes permanent. And the goal is to be able to practice certain skills like you're building a muscle, and then they will become second nature. And then you'll be able to trust yourself to feel equally as confident in a boardroom, in a virtual room, or even in a COVID safe elevator. And there you have it, two little known facts about confidence. Thanks, Tracy. Lovely to see you. Thanks for joining us so early in the morning. Now we'll go to Will Kintish, and after that, we'll go to Tim Sher. If Tim's there, I think I saw him come in. Well, that was great that I'm following you, Tracy, because I'm going to mention something about confidence, but mine relates to following up. For most of you know, I show people how to become effective and confident networkers. And so many people, particularly younger ones, perhaps, don't follow up even if they spot a potential opportunity. And what I have to explain to them is, if you have knowledge, experience and expertise, then follow up because you are charging that much for your knowledge and the value that the client or prospect is going to get is that much. So what are you doing? You are giving them a gift. So please follow up, follow up two or three times. When you get to the third time, offer them the escape route. You say, look, I've followed you up three times. If you don't want to use my services anymore, please tell me 
and I won't chase you anymore. We don't like hearing no, but no is the second best answer after yes. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. Back to headquarters. Fantastic, Will. Back to the negotiating headquarters in Guildford here in uh, in Surrey. Now, I'm not sure where Tim is in. Uh, Tim sure is in uh, in the USA. He's somewhere in the Midwest, I think. Is that right, Tim? And are you there? Yes, Derek. I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana. Fantastic to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Patricia. Thank you. Congratulations, Derek. And uh, what an impressive panel that you have put together here today. So the advice, I just chimed in, but the advice is already as useful as it is hilarious. <laughs> so what was the question? Because I'm hearing confidence and then I'm also one hearing tip, about one technology. Tip, one tip from you, Tim, that will make a difference to the people tuning in today. So what tip would you uh, give us from, um, from your hypnotherapy or what, whatever your, um, you've got so many specialisms, fire us away one tip. So I think this will help everybody, but especially the other entrepreneurs and people who are leading the charge and trying to make the world a better place. Uh, one, I stopped checking email before uh, 11 a.m. I just stopped checking email because first I would first thing I would do is wake up and look at my phone and check email. And then I was on everybody else's agenda because there's always 5, 10, 20 emails with somebody wanting something from me. And then instead of me spending my high value time on the activities that are going to move my needle forward, uh, I'm re replying to emails. So I stopped checking emails first thing in the morning. I think that's very helpful. The other uh, bit of advice is collaborate, 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 collaborate. If you don't have a partner that you're working on your projects with, find one. Because I spent most of my life as an entrepreneur doing everything by myself. And uh, when I turned 50 last year, I decided I wasn't going to do anything by myself anymore. I was only going to collaborate with other people. And I've been doing that and it has been so much more fun, so much more uh, joyful, so much more productive. And, uh, and you don't have to have everything rest on your shoulders all the time. So those are my two bits. Thanks, Tim, and thanks for joining us. It seems a long time ago since you were on the show. I think it was uh, July or August, wasn't it? But uh, great to see you from uh, all the way from Indianapolis. Thank you. Thank you. Is Simon Hazeldean there? And then we'll go to Jane Gunn. Yeah, I'm here, Derek. Hi, Simon. Nice to see you. Great. So two, two pieces of advice, folks. Uh, number one, if you're going to book somebody to help you with your negotiation, definitely choose me rather than Derek. Cut um, the line. Cut the line. <laughs> <laughs> only kidding buddy and secondly get out your own head and get inside your customer's head i, I mean i'm you're going to ruin my life because that's how i make most of my money teaching salespeople to stop being so self-referenced and so self-obsessed so i'd say customer first customer first in a meeting customer first in proposals customer first in presentations ceb research shows 75 percent of salespeople think they're showing how they're differentiating you know well against their competition but only three percent of customers think that salespeople are doing a good job that's because there's too many self-referenced <laughs> salespeople and sales presentations so get out your own head get inside the customer's head i guarantee you you'll win a ton of business and if we do what you say uh we'll be so far ahead of everybody else won't we simon so that absolutely you'll be leading in the field the bars the bar is not that high out there folks absolutely not 
which bar are you talking about? There's only one bar I know, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't get to that at the moment, though, can yeah. we, Eric? We're, we're, we're fingers, trying hard. Fingers uh, crossed. Absolutely. Um, now, Jane Gunn's been uh, talking on a conference in Alicante in Spain this afternoon. So I think if you're back, Jane, uh, can you join us? I'm back, but I've still got the backdrop. I've been speaking at the UEPO, European Union International Intellectual Property Organization uh, conference this afternoon. I had an immediate follow up from Cyprus and someone from Greece contacted me as well. So that worked really well. Uh, definitely an international gathering. So that's fantastic. And I was talking about power imbalance, which often applies to us as uh, sole practitioners or speakers, we might be dealing with large organizations and I was talking about how do you deal with that. There's actually a difference between power imbalance and leverage as well. So working out what your leverage is, what your unique selling point is, uh, was one of my tips and also being able to listen is really key and I gave the example of someone who thought they had enormous power but were actually not listening to the other side in a dispute and when they did listen it leveled everything out and they realized there wasn't that much difference between them on a human level. So listening, finding the humanity in everybody, doesn't matter what size people are, there's often something that you can do together. Fantastic. Uh, thanks for joining us all the way from Alicante. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to travel at some stage, you never know. Certainly Tim Durkin's uh, done two live events in the last, um, in the last uh, couple of, uh, weeks. Now we'll go to um, Albuquerque if we can, Ava, if you're there and uh, tell us what's going on in New Mexico and tell us your European and USA. Well, <laughs> first congratulations, Derek, again, one year. That's a big achievement, I think. But I am in California right now. I'm, I can see, if I just turn my head, I can see the Pacific Ocean. It's just beautiful. But coming quickly to my tip here, when we think of negotiating, we often think about an interaction with another person, but we have to negotiate with ourselves every single day. Here's my quick tip to everybody. When you are about to get really excited because of an unexpected opportunity, or if you get really unexcited about an unexpected opportunity, allow yourself some space to really think it through before you say affirmative yes or affirmative no. Come from a place of centeredness and calm before you respond to whatever is happening to you in your life as well. That's my tip, Derek. Fantastic, Ava. And you did a great job at the uh, New Mexico uh, National Speakers Convention on Saturday. It was a pleasure to be with you. Oh, thank you. Great job. Um, John, if you're John Vine now, if you're uh, unmuted, can you uh, give us your tip from the security <clears throat> angle? Well, I don't know if it's a security angle. I went shopping in uh, Waitrose in Victoria the other day. Uh, I wasn't in the best of moods. I'd just been locked out of a shop. I'd arrived at this shop at five o'clock and they shut the door in my face. So off I went to Waitrose and um, there was a chap stacking the shelves there. And um, he said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in your way. I said, no, you're fine. No, just, you know, continue with, uh, with what you're doing. He said, well, you know, people are so angry these days. He said, I've had so many people um, complain about, you know, me getting in the way when I'm stuck in the shelves. So I said, well, how can I buy the products unless you actually put them on the shelf for me to buy? And he said, well, that's, it's incredible. He said, you know, nobody's ever said that to me. And he, he brought home to me the fact that, um, 
we should demonstrate empathy more, particularly for the people who during lockdown have been the unsung heroes of actually keeping our infrastructure going. And we're all assertive, you know, people who run our own businesses, but we need to show some empathy to those people who are, you know, doing those jobs day in and day out. And by this, by this uh, guy's, uh, in, in terms of this guy's view, uh, certainly have been uh, the butts of a great deal of criticism from uh, unsympathetic members of the public. So show some empathy more, guys. Absolutely. And those of you that heard John's fantastic story when he organised the security at, uh, at Glen Eagles for the G8 conference, if you haven't heard that, watch it on YouTube or get to John to speak because there were some amazing stories there, John. And uh, I think you should be dining out on those for the next 30 years. Okay. I'm going to go to Patricia Fripp now, but I just want to talk about negotiating because Simon... Uh, very quickly brought that in. I'm coaching a lot of people on Zoom at the moment. Zoom's fantastic on negotiating. But one of the things that people don't think about is the things that don't cost you any money, what we call uh, variables as uh, negotiating coaches, the uh, small things. And Patricia's got a fantastic story when a client couldn't pay her what uh, she negotiated. So if you're there, Patricia, can you share that story? You bet I am here in a brooch and earrings that belong to my mother and the women will know how good that makes you feel. Fantastic. One, one evening in my office, 530, I picked up the phone and a woman said, I hear you're the best speaker in the entire world. I said, you heard right. She said, I am the program chair for women in travel. And two weeks from tomorrow, we're having our installation of officers. And while she was speaking, I flicked around my calendar and I was going to be in town. And she said, we'd love you to be our speaker. I had remembered a couple of years before I'd spoken them and they'd paid me $500. This was early in my speaking career. <laughs> and I said, and this is a line for any speaker consultant coach. I don't need the practice and I'm not doing it for nothing. However, I will take soft dollars. I said, you go away and come back with the best deal you could give me. And I'll say yes or no. The next day she called me back and said, would you take a free round trip first class airline ticket to England. I said, you negotiator, you, and we booked the job. That is one of many, what else can you give me stories? However, I only have time for one. Thank you, Derek, and congratulations. Thank you, uh, Patricia, all the way from uh, California. What a great story. I think after that, I better get a Peter Thompson because I first heard about soft pounds from Peter Thompson, and uh, perhaps he heard about soft dollars from you first, uh, Patricia, I don't know. Are you there, Peter? Indeed I am, Derek, and, and many congratulations to you, firstly, and many uh, thanks. Hi, Patricia. Thank you uh, very much for all these cracking ideas, you know, fantastic stuff coming forward, and so many faces and names that I recognise over so many years. So mine are, I'm going to be fast and furious, we have a couple that are blended together. Firstly, this one. I think all of us need to, everybody this is in the world, needs to learn how to sell. However, once we've learned how to sell, we need to stop selling and allow people to buy. 
It's a totally different way of dealing with our clients. I think there was no need for us to go around trying to convince people. Um, I certainly don't do that. I think the idea is to be convincing. And I think, again, that's a totally relaxed and oh, so simple, so easy to do if we do it in that sort of way. Uh, there's a lovely expression. It's an old expression. So it says man rather than person, but a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. And the final bit, which blends into all of these, is that the amount of uh, coaches, consultants, speakers and trainers that I've been dealing with over the last 30 odd years, very, very few of them, very few of them have a deluxe version of their offering. And I think they're leaving an absolute fortune on the table because I found we've been deluxing now for 49 years, would you believe, since 2-2-1972, that at least at least 10% of your marketplace will pay at least 10 times the standard fee that you're charging for a deluxe version of what it is that you have to offer. Hopefully you can take those away and use them. And it's been a pleasure to be with you and a pleasure to say well done, Derek, and everybody else who's here. Peter, thanks very much. I'm going to go to Mike Williams in a minute, but I just wanted to say, Peter, if you've been doing this for 49 years, you must have started when you were 10, the way you look. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Uh, in fact, I'll be 74 this year. Okay, over to Mike Williams. That's taught me more about uh, negotiating in other countries than anybody else. Mike, are you there? Yeah, I'm Derek. Hi, oh, it's nice to see so many faces. Actually, it's a bit intimidating here. All this wisdom, and uh, actually, I got the level wrong when you said tips. I've been doing a lot of cooking, so I was going to teach everybody how to chop an onion properly. But uh, uh, I do have a, a, a bit of advice, actually, which was given to me by one of the best negotiators apart from you Derek that I've ever come across and uh, this is a chap very wise man who'd been involved in rescheduling sovereign debt and all sorts of things around the world and the tip he gave me once was don't assume so when you're dealing with people don't assume certain things and it applies to negotiations I mean don't assume you know exactly what the other side is thinking don't assume that they know as much as you do and in dealing with people don't assume that people have done what you asked them, for example, or don't assume that they understand what you're talking about. And so how do you counteract this? It's one of your themes, I know, which is prepare, isn't it? Prepare for everything and think through not just how you're going to pitch things or how you're going to negotiate, but actually how much knowledge there is on the other side of the table and validate that and be prepared to counter it or explain in the right way, because you can do it in the wrong way, of course, and offend people. So that's my little bit of wisdom. And um, it's great to be part of this, Derek. Well done, you've done a great job in the last Thanks, bit. Mike. And what, and what about one tip? Uh, I'm putting you on the spot here. You worked in the Middle East for a long time. You were the managing director of a couple of banks there. Dealing with the dealing with people that live in the Middle East, one, one tip there? Oh dear, this is a great danger of generalizing here. I mean, I, I, I'd come back to the issue of preparation, actually, and, and, and if it's new territory for you, and it doesn't just apply to the Middle East, it applies anywhere in the world. Talk to somebody that's done it before, take advice, and just, just be prepared to be a little bit humble and learn as you go along. And the more you can do that, um, the better it is. Uh, and when you're there, listen and you know don't be too British because occasionally you know we we very rarely the British are wrong and you know you don't want to be in that position. No absolutely absolutely um now I'm going to switch over to Esther if you're there Esther uh, what's been going on in your world? Esther Steiner. Hello hello thank you Derek thank you oh my goodness you look so brilliant I must do a screenshot so before I do my tip 
please will put your camera on if you're still there can we all just look at this look at the screen for Derek this is my little party piece look at your screens and give me your cheesiest grin okay your cheesiest grin to the camera smile eyes and teeth great I'm going to send you that screenshot Derek and I'll send you a screenshot okay my I'll tip put, I'll put that in uh, next week's briefing Oh, brilliant. That because you look so brilliant. This is so lovely. I love all the colors. We're all color coordinated. My tip is I'm no hippie. Okay. I've started doing my yoga since lockdown in the mornings. And somebody told me, and, and you know, I'm, I've got not, I'm not the sort of person that does gratitude. And, but I've got to say, I, every morning, I am grateful for three things. Three things. And I, so now I'm great. Right this moment, I have a, you have a thing. What are you grateful for? Right this moment, I'm grateful for Derek. Thank you, Derek, because this is great. Thank you for, being, for giving me your tips. Thank you for inviting me for this. I'm grateful for Will Kintish. Thank you, Will, for being there and, you know, calling me out on my naughty ways. <laughs> I thank you for Penny, Penny Haslam. She said, I, I haven't seen Penny in real life for so long. Thank you for coming to this um, as well, Penny. And all of you, Patricia, Justin with his cat on his shoulder. Um, Michael, I love your tip. And, and Tracy and your confidence, all of you, thank you so much. And I've taken it to the next level whereby, and this is a great tip, even if you're worried about something. So this morning I was worried about speaking to my designer, the guy that designed this. And I thought, thank you, Patrick. Thank you for being such a great designer, even though I knew he wanted to have an argument with me. I thanked Patrick for being so great and the conversation ended with smiles instead of tears. So thank you. And please write in the chat, what are you grateful for right now? Fantastic, Esther. Thank you. Thank you for that. Actually, Patricia Fripp sent me a fantastic article from the Harvard Business School. If you haven't read it, it's all about changing the word anxiety to excited. And you oh, reminded yes. me of that Esther and it's absolutely a fantastic tip because uh, if you uh, if you're anxious about something and then you change it to excited you do something in the um, in the uh, chemicals in your brain and it really does change things around it changes your mindset as you mentioned Justin we better go to Justin Urquhart Stewart and see what his tip for this week is as we read his tip in the Daily Mail on Saturday which was British Airways are you there Justin I am indeed, I am indeed. Well, Derek, let me add my congratulations to everybody else. And also what an amazing group of people you have here, um, which is really quite astonishing. I'm a great honor to be part of this group. So thank you. I've got three things I just wanted to, to highlight very quickly. Um, and I have to say, some of you've already picked up on, but it just shows how well our minds are working at such speed. One, opportunity. You remember last year, we had to deal with a dodgy president. Uh, now we've got uh, Mr. Biden. We had to deal with a pandemic coming out. Now we've got vaccines all over the place, uh, assuming you can get them out of France. Um, we had an economy that's falling apart last year. We've now got an economy, a global economy, which is growing. We had companies failing last year. Some will be failing this year, but you've got fantastic assets which are uh, coming out and been available. There are one of the best times to actually start a business is in the worst of times. And it's going to be very painful for a lot of people, but there are some great opportunities too. Actually, and uh, Tracy was talking about it, confidence. Confidence actually makes the economy work. If you don't have confidence, nothing happens. And whether it's individuals or companies, all of those elements. And so that is absolutely vital. How do we get confidence? And the answer is actually it's infectious. Now the ability to actually show that confidence and people will come bring it back to you. 
Sadly, our leaders should be doing it, but most of our leaders are pretty bloody useless. Three, and this is what Tim was highlighting when he was, I use a slightly different word in terms of collaboration, and that is, as an entrepreneur, you don't do it on your own. You have to do it with other people because, I don't know about you, I have to work with people who are a lot brighter than me. That's not difficult, actually, because that actually means basically the rest of the world. Um, and so you pull all those people together, just as you've done here, Derek, and the amazing power of all those different skills and capabilities covering all the bits that I certainly can't do, do all of that. And you can actually see then actually what happens. And to me, actually, it's been a great advantage. From lockdown, I now myself find myself in a position where I've been locked up. Well, almost. <laughs> because during this past year, I've got to the stage of actually being on my own and I've now just got engaged. So I'm going to be married then, hopefully, next year. Fantastic, Justin. And congratulations on that and congratulations on everything uh, you do. Uh, and thanks for joining us and we'll get you back and we're going to get everybody back in the next year. That's the plan. And I hope you will all join me. Now we've got a few people I've uh, left to last, but last but not least, Matt Crabtree, are, are you there? We've known each other for about 30 years, Matt. Have we? What, really? Since I was at school? Wow, amazing. Absolutely. Thanks, Degsy. Um, uh, I should give you congratulations as well for having the most flagrant book promotion of anybody on this call. Um, you've either got the largest book in the world printed or the most terrible wallpaper. But anyway, um, uh, good to see you are continuing to promote yourself. Evening, morning, afternoon, everybody. Um, your best friend. Think about your best friend. Now, I'm sure your best friend is your partner. Some of you are just showing off to have uh, be lucky with your best friend being your partner. But the other best friend you've got, the person that when you can, you like going to the pub or for dinner with or whatever. Why do you like them? Why are they your best friend? Well, I want to suggest to you they do something very specific. And they do something very specific that is to Simon Hazeldean's brilliant advice about getting out of their own head and into yours, which is they ask you what I call BGQs. So my tip of the day today is get better at BGQs. When a client says to me, that's a really good question, I kind of want to high five myself. It would be embarrassing to do that, but um, it's kind of what I want to do. Because I think if I've got them thinking, I've done my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. And I'm this much closer, actually probably this much closer to them actually buying something from me. BGQ. And a BGQ, as some of you will know if you have heard me speak before, is a bloody good question. Mm. Bloody good question. And you know if you've asked a bloody good question, if the person says, hmm, and they reflect, because it's about that. It's informed, it's insightful, and maybe even it's a little bit um, provocative at times. That's our main stock in trade, people. Our job is to get out of our own heads, as Simon says, and ask people questions that make them think. And then they're much more likely to hire us in the future. Thank, Thank you, Degsy. Back to you. Fantastic, uh, Matt. Thanks for that. And uh, I'm just just thinking of the uh, people that supported me uh, when I was president of the Speaking Association. I've got most of them on here. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, thanks for all the tips. Now, we've still got uh, several people to go. And there's one or two other people I will ask to come in uh, with a tip. I see Penny Haslam's in, so we won't let you get away without a tip, Penny, in a minute because I know you know one or two people. But um, um, Godfrey, Godfrey Lancashire down in Dorset, private investigator. What's your tip, Godfrey? Hello, everybody. And uh, Derek, thank you uh, for doing all of this. Um, it's lovely to be, and I'm quite humbled by 
uh, the esteemed panel and all your wonderful tips. I wanted to pick up, first of all, something that John mentioned a little while ago, which is empathy. We all should try to put ourselves in the other person's shoes a bit more. And going with that is treating others as we would wish to be treated ourselves. That certainly got me out of a hole when somebody had put a shotgun at my chest once in my earlier career, and we can pick up on that another time. But it's really being a little bit more tolerant and being kinder. And I would go on with um, uh, the questioning theme, which is let's all be a little bit more curious. We've said it before, I know, but as Rudyard Kipling said, I kept six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. Their names were what and why and when and where and how and who. And before Derek lets me go or cuts me off at the moment, I've known Derek for 52 years and I've been proud to be his friend. And I wanted to say on behalf of everybody, a huge thank you to Derek uh, for being persistent with this embryonic idea he had a year ago. And although um, as a professional, he makes it look very easy. As we all know, anything that comes across easily, even as um, Eric Morecambe would have said, for those in England who remember him, uh, it only happens without a huge amount of planning, preparation and practice and a lot of hard work. I'm delighted he decided not to do it three times a week and once a week uh, throughout this last year. It's been fantastic and our congratulations and thanks to Derek. Can we all give Derek a clap? Thanks, Godfrey. You're a star. And it was great, great to meet you at infant school when we were both four years old. It was uh, that was absolutely terrific. And last but not least of our official speakers, unless I've missed anyone and someone will point that out, is uh, Gabrielle Gachet, my uh, NLP master trainer that's taught me all the psychology I know. Hi guys, so wonderful. I mean, I've got pages of people. It's just so exciting. Um, and being last, thank you, Derek. Um, a number of the tips that I was going to say have come up already, but there was uh, Matt Crabtree, you were talking about be, uh, best friends. There's something about um, best friends that they make you feel good. And are you your best friend? One of the things that I've worked with a lot of people, especially during this lockdown, and people have been on emotional roller coasters. And one of the things that I have suggested to many is to journal, to write on a regular basis, ideally daily, um, to yourself. And it doesn't have to be about the things that you've done today. It can be about anything, the frustrations, the feelings that you've got going on. I know that Derek doesn't necessarily like doing the feely touchy thing, but it's, it is a great way of just communicating with yourself and along with that being your best friend and asking yourself some really great questions around the way forward for you. There's some amazing entrepreneurs on this call and every entrepreneur takes steps on a daily basis to get to where you are. It hasn't, doesn't happen overnight. It's not that one day you're a, 
multi-millionaire it it happens over stages it's not one day that you've got a million followers it's not one day that you are a rock star it's daily take action towards your goals and when you get frustrated when you have hiccups when you have hurdles when you feel that nothing is working for you use this as your best friend if you can't actually get out and have a a physical hug give yourself a virtual hug and journal and look after yourself and say thank you, not just to other people, but to yourself. Be thankful for everything that you do on a daily basis because you are amazing. Every single one of you is amazing. Um, my several tips kind of rolled into one. There you go, Derek. Fantastic, Gabby. And uh, it's quite interesting how many uh, people keep a journal, a handwritten journal, keep some records, whatever it's in there, whatever they're thinking is, it, uh, it really does work and it certainly uh, works for me. Um, Penny, are you there? And have you got a tip for everybody, Penny Haslam? Hello, good evening uh, to you in the studio, Derek. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic, with Esther, with Esther and Penny Haslam on, who uh, worked for the BBC longer than uh, longer than I can remember. This is embarrassing for me doing an well, job. It's it's just so freeing and wonderful not to have to read the news. I have to say, it's brilliant. I can be myself, and that's my tip tonight. So thanks for putting me on the spot, and also coming after all these amazing people have put tips together and stuff and thought about it. I'll throw something together for you because it really has been the key to my success in business and as a speaker as well, was to begin to stop taking myself so seriously and to be myself. And it took a while. I had to shake off old corporate language, I had to shake off ideas about how to present and convey information and all that kind of thing. And to just be myself, it's humorous, generous, kind, all the good things I like to say about myself. Um, but taking the work seriously, but not myself, was the turning point. And there is that lovely quote uh, from, quotation from Ralph Waldo Emerson, which I think we can think about in terms of our success and whether you believe that you're successful or not. And I think reframing success is brilliant because you know, we think of success as winning. I love your book, of course, in the background there. But the flip side of that is failure, isn't it? So I think we need to think about success in a new way that suits us all, uh, you know, according to what we have achieved and how we go about our lives in many different ways, not just in business. So the quote is this, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. So be yourself. It's hard to do, but see what you can do. Fantastic, Penny. And you've got that auto cue working really quickly there, considering I gave you no notice. That's pretty genius work. Pedaling underneath, getting it working. Seriously. Absolutely brilliant. No, we believe every word you say. Um, when I looked earlier, Amy Rowlandson wasn't in, wasn't on, but she did a great talk on why. And if you're there, Amy, I, I didn't miss you out deliberately, but I couldn't see you in the uh, in the box. Are you there? I am here. Thank you, Derek. And I just want to say congratulations and hi to everyone. I can see Tim waving there. Congratulations, Derek. This session has been the highlight of my Monday evening since I discovered it late. I don't know where how I didn't know about it before, but as soon as I did, I've been here ever since. So 
My tip today is a bit of a combo of Matt Crabtree's bloody good question and Mike Williams reference where he talked about the importance of, of thinking. And my tip is all about taking time out to think. And I think it's something that we don't often do. We get busy in the melee and we fill up all the moments that we have. So I'm going to recommend just one question, one hour, no distractions, just taking yourself off with a, a pen and some paper and just really thinking about what that question is going to be and what the answers are going to be to that question. And what is it you're aiming for in this time? You're looking to sort of separate the, out the problems from the symptoms, looking for those root causes, looking for differentiating facts from assumptions. We've talked about some assumptions tonight as well. And just really giving yourself to experience what it is you're doing right now, because I see so many people filling in the moments and instead of living a life that's fulfilling. So that's my tip for today. Brilliant, brilliant, Amy. Thank you very much. And uh, any, now anybody, anybody that I haven't asked, any of our guests, anybody that's been on the show for, uh, for a year or so wants to uh, come in with a tip before we finish, that would be great. Alex, Jill, um, Daryl, I'm looking down the list. Anyone, Janice Litvin in, in, in California, anybody just uh, unmute and uh, wave at me. I'll put it on gallery view. Wow, I can't believe we got shy people on here at all. Um, I, I will go, Derek. Chris, Chris Cooper first, because I forgot Chris. He joined about 10 to 5, and Chris told me that he wanted, his goal was to make a difference to a million people, and I thought that was a fantastic goal. And uh, I'm aiming for that now as well, uh, Chris. So uh, let me, uh, what's, what's your tip today? Well done. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Derek, and lovely to be here. And uh... With, with everybody. Um, I, I was just thinking today, I was working with um, some leaders who were wanting to impact the, the world at the moment and make a, a bigger difference. And we're talking about regenerative leadership. And I was thinking back to a couple of years ago when I was invited to Turkey to understand a bit more about the world of Rumi and interview various people uh, out, out there and there's a lovely roomy quote uh, that yesterday I was clever so I wanted to change the world yet today I'm wise so I'm changing myself and I love that quote and I was you know we were talking about changing changing ourselves and just to build on some of the points that people made today you know the first one about um, you know about optimism really and being positive if we're optimistic that the world, there's a lot of challenges right now. And if we're scared and we're fearful, we're not gonna be able to have a positive ripple effect. So we have to maintain our optimism, building on the points from some, I use three by three by three each day, three things I'm grateful for, uh, three things I'll achieve today and three things I achieved yesterday. And that helps to um, build my optimism along with breathing. The second thing I'm um, building on that sort of be, be yourself is that if we try and be somebody else, uh, then it's nothing like as effortless as being the, the best version of, of ourselves. And uh, a lovely question that came up in a, as an event recently that I was facilitating was this was, what's your superpower and how will you realize the full potential of it? Uh, and that one really, really had us all thinking, what is our superpower? What is it we're doing when we're at our very best? And then the third thing um, point I'll just make is, um, 
I interviewed a young man called Stephen Sutton who who died a day before his 20th birthday of teenage cancer. Some of you might remember him. He raised six million for charity. And he said this to me, he said, Chris, he said, when I've gone, please tell everybody to make every second count. And I therefore think, you know, we should make every second sacred and make every time, you know, the time we're alive here uh, sacred and make it count. That's my... Fantastic tips, Chris. Um... Uh, who wants to go next? I'm looking at the uh, screen. Daryl House. Daryl. Hi, Derek. Uh, thank you very much for uh, allowing me to say something. I don't quite know how to how to uh, go on after that last one. I found that very moving, very moving indeed. Um, question that I've got really is how will things be when we all get back to face-to-face -to -face networking? And um, I'm going to do a terrible thing. I'm going to answer my own question, if that's okay. Yeah, um, I think it could go one of two ways. I think some of us might find it all a bit too much. Um, I think there's a psychological technique called flooding. If you want to cure someone of a phobia, you expose them to that phobia, the thing that makes them anxious. And I just wonder whether when we walk into that... Uh, first time we walk into that venue, um, we're going to feel a little bit flooded. So that's one way. Um, I think the other way, possibly, is that we kind of go into overdrive. You know, we're so keen to be there. We're so happy to connect with everyone. And I think there are lots of people on the call this evening that may be of that mind. And I just wonder whether there's a danger in that, whether we do just go a little bit too far and maybe we have to think about reining ourselves in. I don't know. So it's maybe one way, maybe the other. And of course, there's always the in-between. But thank you, Derek. Thanks, Daryl. It'd be interesting to find out how we how we do on that. And hopefully we will be let out of our uh, of our cages very shortly. Um, um, who's next? Uh, waving at me. I'm looking. I'll look on the second screen. Um, I think Janice yeah. is ready. Janice. Janice, Janice San Francisco. Hi, Janice. Hi, Derek. Good morning, everyone. I'm very humbled to be here amidst such an amazing and brilliant group of people and, and delighted to be with our friends from across the sea. My tip comes from my new book, Banish Burnout Toolkit, and it was already alluded to by several of your speakers, and that is when you are faced with a stressful situation, be it a important negotiation, or someone was rude to you in a meeting, God forbid somebody's rude, I would like you to stop, take a breath, observe, and then proceed. It was Rollo May who taught that it's important to pause so that you can think before you react so that you don't say something you will regret later. Wow, thanks, Janice. And that's uh, one of the tips I tend to give everybody on when they're negotiating and they forget to take a time out, a break, go to the balcony or whatever language you want to do so they can de-emotionalise the situation uh, and uh, think it through. I'm looking for another hand up. Um, let's see that. Patricia. You're muted. I'm waving goodbye. I have a high power executive to uh, coach. Well, make sure you get paid well. I am. <laughs> Good. Okay. Nice to see you. Uh, 
Next person. Anybody else? Another tip. That looks like I saw a Nancy. Nancy. Nancy and then Andrew Plumridge. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, my tip is one that I use when I'm doing personal coaching and also uh, to help people like when they're going for an interview, but also can be used for sales and negotiation, of course. Um, and that is, it sort of fits back into what, uh, what was his name? Simon Hazeldean was saying about getting out of your own head, but it's uh, thinking about your counterpart, whoever it is, um, and whoever you're going to be talking to, whether on the phone or in a meeting, and what is it you want them to think, feel, and do as a result of an engagement with you? So what do you want them to think? So you get to that cognitive part of the brain. What do you want them to feel? So think about the emotional impact and what do you want them to do? And so then you can prepare how you engage with them and how you speak to them and what language you use more clearly by having that clarity of those three steps. That's my tip. Brilliant. Uh, thanks, Nancy. Uh, Andrew Blumridge. Think you're on mute, Andrew. Oh, we can't hear you. Not quite unmuted. Um, I'll come back to you in a minute. Let's see who else uh, who else has got their hand up for a tip. Okay, uh, who wants to give a second tip? And then I will close the meeting and then we'll have a drink, I think. That's the most important thing of, of the whole thing. So, uh, Let's, um, it's nearly six o'clock, so I'm going to close the meeting and now. Andrew Schindler. Andrew Schindler. Okay, thanks, Gabby. Andrew, your tip. Thank you very much. Yes, um, these tips are fantastic, actually. I've just taken a note of all of them on an email. I've got 25 points here, which I'm very happy to send to you, Derek, um, if you want to circulate to people. Yes, then, please. Um, quite a few of them reminded me of a, a or a shorter form of the book by Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules for Life. So the one about being your own best friend, his rule too is treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping. And then in a chapter of 20 or 30 quite dense pages, he goes into that. Uh, and it's an absolutely fantastic book. And obviously in an hour and a half, we've just had amazing short tips, but if people have got a few hours, that is an, is an amazing book, the Jordan Peterson book, I think. Thanks, Andrew. Can you put that in the chat box for anybody that didn't get it as well? That'd be absolutely brilliant. Okay, guys, well, I'm going to close the meeting now and stay on for as long as everybody uh, everybody can. I've poured myself a glass of champagne and uh, I just wanted to thank you uh, for joining me, for supporting me, for supporting my briefing, passing, uh, passing all the uh, introductions on to other people, uh, the amazing speakers, the amazing guests. And um, I guess I've been persuaded to carry on for the next uh, year or the next time whilst we're getting lots of people on. So I'm going to ask uh, uh, many people to uh, share, come back and speak again. Uh, and, and thank you all for joining me. Thanks for listening on YouTube. Thanks for listening on the podcast. 25 tips, said Andrew. I think there might have been a few more than that. But thanks for joining me. And I will see you again shortly. <laughs>